Fighting Talk NZ. Fighting Talk NZ. Hey, how are you, my friend? Good. What's your day been like? Oh, insane, man. Jim's just going ballistic. Is that? Uh, we're breaking all sorts of records. It's just really cool. Oh, that's good. That's really good, man. Um, we've been a bit busy like that too, which has been quite nice. Just that's awesome, mate. Yeah, it is good. I don't know. Everybody just seems to be the same. It's, I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, there's just so many shows coming up, but which is a really good. It's good. Yeah, you know, it's good for everybody, yeah. I suppose. As long as those shows, you know, pretty much sell out, or get good numbers in there. Like it's massive times for people to be fighting at the moment, eh? I think I think there's a lot of opportunity. We just make sure we keep it going the right way. Because what one thing I've noticed is so Auckland's ahead of the curve, yeah, um, and everything mainly because of population. So they they always have more shows up there often than the rest of the country combined. In all honesty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then what happens often is they get, they get so many shows on they can't get enough fighters for them, so they end up fighting over over um, shows. You know, yeah, yeah, over yeah. Fighters. And then, um, and then I don't plan all that stuff, so it becomes a bit of a shit show. And I'm like, man, it's just the stink when that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is. Eh? But um, I do notice though that some of the shows, you know, um, like, you know, I know it's the same with like Vendetta and stuff like that. We, we always sort of, um, try, we we a lot of the times in the past have just you know always worked with certain gyms, you know, the yeah. ones that can come down, not through any choice. Not that there's anything wrong with any of the gyms, but um just those ones seems to have been the ones that seem to work well for the matches that I was trying to make. Yeah. And um and it's really, really good, eh? But but we're we recording you or not we're just chit-chatting. Yeah, no, it's, it, it starts recording as soon as we get into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wonder if this is gonna be on so the as podcast, soon as one person asks. As well as asking. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a whole lot. Yeah, and no, as soon as someone answers, it's all go, man. So, um, okay, so we're good. But uh, I think it's going, I think the fight scene, everything's going well, you know. And, and with lots of with lots of fight shows and stuff on, there's going to be, um, a lot more new people getting into the sport, you would think, you know, because you, know, you can just about be watching something on a live stream like every week, yeah, man. So, yeah, um, definitely, but I think uh, to be honest, you guys in the South Island and coordinate together a lot better than everyone else, yeah. Um, a yeah. great thing you know and it's only started happening in the past couple of years which is really really good you know yeah. suds needs to put in a show up in nelson because nelson's a bit bereft yeah yeah that way because there's a there's you know there's a few few people i don't know whether blend and kickboxing and that's still going but you know there is guys up there training and that yeah, you know right, so yeah. I mean, this would be really good man yeah it would be good I, I don't know if you went to the nelson shows back in the day but they'd have 1500 to 2000 people there Oh wow! Really? Honestly, it was is monster. Yeah. Like Isaac Takarangi used to put on these monster shows that were just unbelievable. The yeah. biggest show in New Zealand used to be in Nelson and in Christchurch. Wow, is that right? Christchurch and um, Isaac Takarangi and Nelson that were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. No, that'd be awesome because Nelson's such a cool spot. I was um, <laughs> I was talking to Suds on the phone yesterday, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's just always a good spot. I always like to get up there, and then I don't get up there very often. Maybe like once every sort of four years or so, but. Um, it's a really nice, it's a really cool spot. And um, like I've been along to Suds' gym and it's just a real cool vibe. The people there have got a real cool vibe and it's just different up there. Eh? It's, it would be a great spot for, for a gig. Oh, yeah. They got some, it's, it's, it's like most places you, you kind of can be limited by venues. But I mean, mm. the um, oh, I think it's called the Trafalgar Centre. The River yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so good. Yeah. And I guess, I guess in Nelson too, they, they, 
I know they get a little bit of, um, you know, probably some of the rugby and stuff like that there from time mm. to time, maybe not first division, but second division and that. And so, but they're actually quite isolated from a lot of places, you know, like it's not a, it's not a real short drive to Blenheim or stuff like that, you know? So I guess when they do have something big like that on that is a little bit different, maybe they'd get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So Suds, I know you're listening. Um, you need to put in the show, mate. You definitely yeah. need to put in the show. We'll come down. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll come up. There'll be, um, and they've got some good fighters in there too, man. Like, oh, so just match yeah. his guys up against everybody. It'd be awesome. What, what's their um, their seventeen year old boy called? I can't remember his name. Caleb Brash. Caleb, that's right. Oh my god, he's fantastic, man. Yeah, he is a good fighter. He had a really, really good scrap with um, Zane Nuttall on that's David right. Bendel's yeah, aftermath right. show. It yeah. was a real, it was a title fight. It was a yeah. screamer of a fight. He was on, but um. He's going pretty good too. I think he's looking at a bit of MMA and stuff as well now too. So um, he's pretty good. And then you got John Pyers and like Matty Denton and you know they've got he's got a few there that are starting to get pretty consistent now with a lot of experience. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the rest of his crew coming back, and yeah, mm. I mean, because they could definitely get like Alex doing MMA. That would be cool. Oh yeah, hundred percent, Alex. Yeah, that yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, should we get into answering the rest of these yeah, questions man. from from the first week? There's a few real, real humdingers here to start with. The first one is um, someone's someone's written in, and fair enough, we answer all the questions. So, why are there so many gang affiliates in Muay Thai? Um, I don't know if there's any more than any other sport, to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of my thought as well. I'm kind of like, well, compared to what, like, compared to rugby or compared to rugby league, like one, like, I guess one is probably like in comparison, yeah, definitely in comparison to what, but who cares? Like, are they coming into the sport and causing trouble for anybody? No. You know, like if, if what they do outside the gym or outside, there's a lot of people do a lot of things, you know, that probably aren't that nice, you know, and, just because they're in a gang, I don't really think that I would be. I don't think that that's. I don't think they should be excluded for that if they're coming along and they're training. And you know, we've had it guys through the through the gym in the past that have been like that. That have been awesome. You know, they've been awesome to work with, and they've been really helpful and done all that. You know, they don't. There's no. Well, I've never had a problem with it anyway. What do you think? Um, I suppose like you just deal with people, and if people cause problems, then you have to leave. Yeah, really matter if they're an accountant. Yeah. Anything else, you know? Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I try, you know, I mean, we've all, we've all had, we've all got a past, you know, like everybody's done something fucking they shouldn't have done. Like, like I know firsthand what that's like. It's fucking awful. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that I don't, I don't try to judge anybody, um, coming into the gym. And, you know, if they're coming in and they're working hard and they're doing their thing, then they're doing their thing. Who cares, you know? Like, I don't think, why would you discourage anybody from any kind of sport, you know? Um, anyway, that's just my, my thoughts on it anyway. Hmm. We'd ask Steve, but unfortunately Steve's been to the dentist today. Oh, he is too, poor buggy. So, he's feeling a bit sore, so... He'll, he'll yeah, so um, he put in his apologies too. We had a message from him before, so um, yeah, that's right. all good. That's all good, because there is a couple of questions here I think that would be good for him, but um, we can always get his thoughts next time or something. But anyway... Next question. Well, the next question actually would have involved him, would have been good. <laughs> investment, investment versus return for strength and conditioning. In your first five fights, is it worth it? 
To be fair, that question is a tricky one. I don't think I'd give it justice, man. I don't think I'd give it justice is what Steve would. So um, do you think we should ask him next time he's in or should we have a go at it as well? Oh, let's have a go at it now. We're going to ask him next time anyway. I reckon that um, it's it's pretty hard because if you've got, say, whatever, six hours a week to train, then in your first five fights, wouldn't it be more beneficial to learn the sport and to get strength and conditioning? Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah. be where I'd say. I'd say once you've had a bigger number, like saying maybe ten or whatever, then I think strength and conditioning because you're probably getting more serious now. So instead of training whatever six hours a week, you're probably yeah. able to train like nine or ten hours a week. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you can yeah, I'm all that time. I'm a bit the opposite. I think um, I'm I'm very big on cardio. Real big on like I'm big on road work, you know. Like I, I like the guys to be running, yeah. Um, you know, some can't, you know. So you know, like Katie, for example, she had a fight ages ago, and she got real. Well, it was actually her first title fight, the first one she first time she fought Fee Sim, and she lost, and um, and, and Fee won, and she just she was just gassed, yeah. And um, and she w- wasn't happy, you know. And we were we were like, man, you just fucking conked out because. You know, she just did. She just ran into steam. Um, and but she couldn't run. See, she had these real bad kind of issues with her shins and calf muscles and stuff like that. Um, so swim, and she couldn't swim. Like she couldn't swim to save herself. And now, now she's now she's, she, can, she can do like forty. Stop. And her fucking after that, like she just came back after that, and she she's only lost like twice or something since then, or three times since then. So. Um, but we're big on it, but um, and I do notice that like she's been working with Steve, Steve's been PTing her um, for the last sort of nine, ten weeks or so, or maybe yeah. a bit longer, three months. And um, and honestly, man, she is just through the roof, like her footwork and that is all good. But she's also 21, 22 fights deep, so the yeah, first four exactly. or five, like in, the, in the first five fights, yeah. uh, we can just focus on the scalp. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I, I'm big on it too. I like them to get into a bit of a system on it, you know. Like, definitely get the cardio in, and we'll give them like a couple of strength and conditioning ones on the on the nights in between that they train. So, so if they've got six hours a week to do training, yeah, how many hours of that would you devote to strength and conditioning? Oh, I would break it up. I would break it up into four quarter of an hour sessions, and I would put them. In between their warm up and their pad work, okay. Um, it'll be all plyo, I think. I'd be plyo work, you know. So like a lot of hopping, a lot of jumping, a lot of sideways stuff, you know, like okay. stationary yeah. position to something. Um, and then yeah, they come in, they warm up for ten minutes, whatever they do, they do their skip or a quick run or whatever they're going to do, and then um, bang out that like a good strength sessioning. Then just plyo, just you know that they do, like, they might do like four exercises like four big jumps and then rest for like a minute and then repeat that um just just things like that and it's just getting them firing man they're just hitting the pads so much harder they're just okay cool and 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 i'm doing that with guys that have um only had like what one fight two fight you know so um i've always been really big on it um my biggest thing is that the, the i think and it might come down to different gyms and styles as well, you know, like um, if I think maybe if you're in Thailand, it might be a little bit different because they're going to be t- focusing on technique a lot more than 
um, well, sorry, what they used to do, you know, when it wasn't was just running in that, but now they've got the strength and conditioning over there. But it's a, yeah, I, I think I think you do. I think it's worth it. Eh? I do think it's worth okay. it. Yeah, as long as it's the right stuff. As long as it's the yeah. Right stuff. Well, I mean, you got, you got to get a program. I was just yeah. only got six hours per week. Yeah. Not very much time, so I would have mm. personally thought it's best to devote that six yeah. hours to a technical training. But six hours a week isn't much training either. Like, well, whatever number you're talking up, about. Mm. So, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose everyone's different. Eh? I suppose everyone's different. Because I, yeah, like we're we're up to like ten or twelve hours a week with our guys. Hey, and yeah, um, yeah, either way, whatever number you're putting against, yeah. it's a question of how much you remove. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if it was out of a twelve-hour session, I would probably they'd probably have three hours of that. I would say at least. Okay, so twenty-five percent. Yeah, cool. yeah, but um, but then they're also running in that during the day as well, so that's not really in that. That's their own training, I guess. But... Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm including total training time. Mm. So if you're already up to fifteen hours, if you're yeah. training time, then you can definitely do strength and conditioning. But I'm talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight yeah. hours a week. Yeah. Then, to me, I'd, I'd devote that. Know, if you're doing if you're doing 15 hours a week, yeah, you're serious about your training, then obviously yeah. sense condition. But if you're only doing six hours per week, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I I agree with that. You know, like, um, you're gonna get if you're still learning and you're working heaps on pads and you're sparring heaps, I think that's probably the best kind of um strength work you can be doing or strength and conditioning work you can be doing because you are trying to get used to fighting, aren't you? So yeah, so sparring and pad work, yeah, I probably would 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 probably more rely on the technique, pad work, and and clinch and stuff a bit more than, and the sparring, um, sparring and pad work would probably be enough, I think, if it's if the, if it's done correctly, you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, okay. well, let's, Steve, <laughs> Steve will come in there. He'll hear this back, man. He's going oh, to be great. Great to hear Steve's thoughts say, you know. I mean, <laughs> If you're, if you're professionally training 40 hours a week, yeah. you've got a lot of time to devote it. But I'm talking oh, yeah. about you've got a lot less time, yeah. then the trade is very different. You know, yeah. If you've only got six or eight hours a week or whatever, I'm like, man, get your skills sorted first. Yeah. Like yeah. Stuff. yeah, get your skills sorted. As long as they were running outside of the gym, you'd probably hope that they'd yeah, go right. Gonna, I'd include that in the six hours a week of training. To me, that's complete training time. Yeah. Um, right, I do we think five judges would be better than three to get better results? Mate, it's a loaded question, isn't it? It is a loaded question. Yeah, I um, I don't think it would make any difference because you can still get split decisions. Yeah, but I, I suppose that the logic is I know they tried it in glory for a bit. Yeah, and the logic is if you have three judges, yeah, um, if two people make a mistake, for example, mm. then it affects the decision. Whereas if you have five judges, you'd have to have three people make a mistake, which is obviously more than two. Yeah, but what if you get two judges doing one and two judges doing the other and one judge makes it a draw? Yeah, well, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, does, uh, doesn't it just multiply out the problem a little bit? No, I think it reduces it. Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. don't know. I, um, I would be more inclined to suggest that Getting three properly trained judges would get mm. better results than um, having another two. Yeah, I think it really comes down to a few 
believe the system is working or if it's mm. broken. Yeah. And the problem is the judging works well until yeah. there's a big decision. Then you say, oh, it's a shit system. Yeah. When they tried in amateur boxing to count the punches and it just completely changed. Yeah. Everything. Now they've gone back, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd want five judges. I am. Um, we're going to, where's the fifth judge going to go for a start? Are they going to be overhead? Because otherwise, you're going to have a heavy, it's going to be heavy on one side, one corner. But um, oh, you've got four judges around the outside and one judge on one of the neutral corners. So, it could yeah, be I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be worth it. It'd be worth a look to see. You'd, you'd want to do it over, over like a whole heap of shows, and then yeah. you'd want to keep all the results as they are now with three judges and get an average of over all the shows how many split decisions there were how many unanimous, you know, that kind of thing, find that percentage, and then do it with five judges for a year over a whole heap of shows. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That'd be the way to go. It'd be a little bit hard to do. It would, it, would prove, it would prove if it worked or not. Mm. Well, not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a split decision. You know? No. They just should be a lot rarer than they actually are. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. Um, well, there has been, and I think it's getting a little bit better now, but the last couple of years there's been a quite a, Quite a few split decisions on a, on a few that you kind of wonder whether another couple of judges might help, but maybe they need to look at the judges themselves. Just yeah, well, if the split decision is a fair decision, you know, I can't see why it's wrong. But if it's a shit decision, then um, then it's the people obviously that are the problem. Yeah, well, uh, well, that's the thing, and like you can just go back and look at the scorecards, and 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 you can soon see if it's one judge or whether it's all the judges might have a go at calling it like it happens, you know, and they might all give a split decision, but sometimes you can pretty much guarantee that it's, it's well, from what I've noticed anyway, is, seems to be coming from one person. The be, You know what I mean? It seems to be one person will pop up a lot more. Yeah, I suppose if that's the problem, then it's really about working a feedback loop in so you can train a judge who gets stuff wrong oh yeah 100% just video the fight go through it with them um, and that kind of stuff and just see where their logic is because they might have just seen it that way you know a lot of times you do just see it that way it's fucking hard it's hard work judging man oh it's, it's definitely a skill yeah fuck it's hard work and it's a real shit like I love it like I love doing it I love it but you know when you've got to make a call on somebody that's that's been training their ass off and you and you've just you're like you wish you could give it the other way but you can't you know and then you've got half the crowd that are there to support that dude are going to love you and half the crowd are going to fucking hate you because you know what i mean like it's a you get a lot of weight on your shoulders and stuff like that and um fuck it's hard work i reckon it's hard work but um yeah, and then of course you, you you're trying to make these decisions, and then you get a commentary crew that might have been watching the show as well, and and they're usually pretty good judges themselves, you know. And I've had the joy of looking at it from multi angles, and and then you're like, you're like, fuck, you're watching it, and you're like, Jesus, the commentators are giving what they think, and they could be right, they could be wrong, you know. And then then the poor old judge, if he goes the other way, it's kind of like shit. It's hard work, man. It's hard work. Yeah, yeah, but it's good though. You get good judges, you're all good. But, um, moving on, I guess, what are some of the commonly misunderstood Muay Thai rules? Which is quite an interesting question. It's a good question, actually. I'll let you start it. Yeah, you go first, mate. 
<laughs> All right. I think um, some of the rules around, well, I don't know whether it's actually a rule as such, um, but some of the sweep stuff, um, yeah. I, I think that a lot of people um, aren't really aware of how to use it or um, whether it's, you know, a lot of more, more the referees and judges, I think, at some degree, don't really know much about it. Um, I get real fed up with the whole, um, oh, the only people that sweep um, and fights are professional ties. They just do it for entertainment and that. And I'm like, I to me, I think that's a load of shit. I think that um, most fights that I see have got, you know, Lumpino or Raja or anywhere like that, they've got sweeps in there and they're not getting penalised for them and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's really one of the biggest confusion comes in is that IFMA rules are quite different to the way they um, let the fighters fight in the stadiums in terms yeah. of allowed or not. So yeah. I, I know pretty much almost every single sweep is allowed in the stadium. Yeah. It's pretty much nothing. I mean, like in terms of illegal moves for throw, mm. you can't do like a back breaker. Yeah, hip throw or a suplex. Yeah, you can't do a reap where you put your um, uh, your calf muscle to touch their calf muscle behind their leg and then push them over that. But otherwise, you can throw over your knee. You can throw over your foot. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. A few things aren't allowed. Yeah, that that's it. Because I do see some refs um, telling people off for it, and yeah. um, and and I don't understand that because, like, I mean, I'm massive on it. Like, I, we love it, you know. And everybody knows that Caitlin's, you know like her sweep game and clinch game and that's pretty pretty tight with them yeah um but i think the way the confusion comes in is how to how to judge them like when they're appropriately scoring you know like what i what is annoying sometimes you hear it on commentaries and that every now and then is um oh you know someone's caught the leg and then swept somebody yeah. and they're like oh it's just a massive sweep it's a massive sweep it's a cool sweep but the thing is that if they didn't sweep, then that kick counted, you know. So, so all it does really is kind of neutralise it a little bit. But well, it depends how big the kick is compared to how big the sweep is, obviously. Yeah, yeah. if it's only a tap kick, it doesn't do much. But you know, if someone's throwing one at your rib cage like full noise, yeah. you know, on 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 your like on your right hand, you know, on your right hand side or whatever, you, and you catch that and sweep them on his ass, then that's all good. But that kick's probably it's probably going to neutralise a little bit, really. Kind of, um, yeah. But but then you get, of course, then you get counterfighters that, um, you know, they're baiting them. They'll take a knee to get the sweep, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll um, they'll get the opponent for some reason to throw up his right knee, and then they'll sort of step behind him and, and sweep him over his back, and it shows yeah. really good ring control. Yeah. Um, I think if I think in that kind of fight, it's um you can really tell who's just controlling the fight, even if it is sweeps versus like maybe yeah. knees or something like that. As far as the judging aspect comes down to the judges knowing um, the value of certain moves, you know I mean? Like yeah. if, if someone throws a knee, that's really light and someone throws back a hard knee, then the hard yeah. knee can win that particular exchange depending yes. on what's going on. Yeah. I, I'd probably say that the biggest mis um, misunderstanding things that I think of is that, um, Essentially, anywhere's a legal target outside of the circle of the groin. So, elbows to the back of the head, completely fine. Sometimes yeah. you your head and you elbow. I was, I was going to say that. It was one I was thinking of um, yeah. before. Um, 
Yeah, I've got no problems with it. Hey, well, it's, it's part of the rules. It's, it's, it's like it's it's, it's it's part of the rules. It's part of the rules. It's the same as the the old uh, two hop rule. Yeah, it's often misunderstood. So it's only two hops if the person holding the leg goes forwards. Yeah. So you can do two hops and then a strike, and then it restarts that count. Yeah, that's However, right. You can go backwards or sideways for a million hops and just hold it on there. Or a million yeah. Hops, you know? Yeah, that's right. Those things confused. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. I um, I know some, you know, some, well, most of, the, most of the refs and stuff I've spoken to, you know, always to the back of the head or, um, other thing. I remember um, actually when... Um, Oh, it was one of Greg Nesbitt's boys. Who's the boy that just um, fought not that long ago? Um, he's he's fighting on Apex in the semi final. Uh, Chris Eads. Uh, Chris Eads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude's an absolute killer. When he won the AMTA title, he fought um, Ale Mandela, I think it was. Yeah, and um, and that's where he got him because Ale was. They were going into clinch real good, but Ali was getting his back turned around, and, and Chris was just like raining elbows down on him, like on the, on the back of his head and everything like that. And um, it was all good. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting in that, in that particular fight. Um, the corner was complaining a little bit um, to the ref, who was uh, Tony Angelo. And Tony Angelo, we never explained that. Obviously, the big head's completely fine, completely loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's yeah, quite, quite, you know, it's, it's just a, a bit of a common misunderstanding because in boxing. Mm. You can't hit the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can. Okay, like only in certain circumstances. Yeah, I I have said to my guys, um, if you get someone down, like you know, like sometimes you can, if you go in from a clinch, you can sort of like knee them and then fold them forward and almost have like like sort of like their right arm up behind your your. Um, ear, and then you can be elbowing them sort of in the base and the back of the head there. But I always yeah. tell my guys not to go anywhere near like the like the base of the skull, the top of the neck area there. Like mm. I, my guys, I, I wouldn't let them hit them there because if they're hitting somebody there, I think that they can do some pretty solid damage. Yeah, um, I think we step in beforehand anyway. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. More about what's allowed and what's not allowed in terms of the yeah, body, yeah. Because yeah, I think that, that that you can, I think you'd probably do someone a fair bit of harm. Um, and if you get them into that position anyway, it's the, you know, they're either going to get eight counted or something anyway, but mm. I, I don't like to attack that area. And and the other thing that I fucking can't stand, and um, I think it needs to be brought up more, is teeps to the knee. Um, I think those kind of like heel to knee things and, and like teeping to, to just above the knee socket, you know, and that I'm, I'm not real big on that. Um, other than that, I think that's about be the two main two, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, I think tips and knee, they're within the rule set. Mm. You know, I also think, and I'd like to be corrected if I'm wrong, but I did have a look to see if I could find many injuries, even from the oblique kick. And I can only find two online, and that was when somebody stepped the wrong way into the mm. kick. Otherwise, it seems that there's not much damage done. I think it's... Um, well, it can be career-ending if you do it. Well, I think it's a, a, a popular misconception, but I'd love to, if anyone's got any videos or anything they can send me, I'd love to have a look. Mm. I just think it's one of those joints that doesn't need to be stomped on, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, normally you don't bother doing it, but we're just talking about what's allowed within the rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true, that's true. You know, I think that people's perception of how dangerous it is might be different to what it actually is, but I said if anyone's got any more 
yeah, footage or something of that online, please, please send it in because we'd love to learn. Give us feedback on it, yeah. Um, mm. all right. Okay. What's the single most important thing to get a champion mindset? Bloody hell, that's a horrible question. It is a horrible question. And and you know what? I, I don't know. I can give an opinion as far as what I think it would be, but I've never been a champion fighter. Mm. And um, so the mindset's a little bit different. So I can only really give it as a bit of a coach and mm. – um, and maybe as an observer of having champion fighters around. Um, but, yeah, what do you reckon? Um, I'd definitely have to say that uh, drive and confidence. Not yeah. overconfidence, but just those two things because that, that will get you places that you won't otherwise. You've got to believe yeah. you can do it, and then you just got to work your ass off. And when you yeah. fail, you just go part of the process and just keep going. Oh, 100%. Not, not that complex. You know, yeah. there's so many fighters that have turned into great fighters and they didn't start off um, that that exceptional, but they just, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's it. It's pretty crazy. Eh? Like, and there's a heap of fighters around like that. Um, I, mean, I, th- I think, think all the champions have that mindset, you know. They might be more successful or less successful in terms of their career stats. Mm. But either way, that's what they, um, they're they doing. Yeah, that's it. And I think, yeah, I think that's right, eh? Like, from the girls that I've had through the gym that have been champions, like, you know, we've had, uh, we've obviously got Caitlin, um, had, you know, when Jess was at the gym, um, Asha Benny, you know, like those girls, what they did compared to, and we've had some really, really talented girls through, um, what they do compared to everybody else was just insane. Like their workload was just so much more insane, but they, they just breezed through it, you know. They just turned up. They did their stuff. They kept on training, but they would just think it. Eh? They just think it all day. They're just thinking the sport and and keeping on going. And and you know, like Jess and Asher, like they didn't have real good starts. You know, like, um, they both lost their first fights and stuff, and they went went on to, you know, really good things. You know, so um, and they became really really good tough fighters. So. Yeah, I think it was like Caitlin as well. You're saying you know, I mean, she lost against V Sun and then came yeah. back, you know. So. Oh yeah, like Caitlin's a really good example of it. Like she, um, yeah, like she got that first um, title shot with Fee, and um, yeah, it wasn't a good fight for her. Like um, she just got into the third round. She came out of the third round. She just goes, "No, I got nothing. I got nothing left." You know, like. I, I can't go on. I'm like, you what? And she goes, I, I just can't go on. So we called the fight. So that was that, you know? Yeah. And she was obviously devastated. We were pretty gutted and we were just, I couldn't figure it out, you know? And um, so she took a few weeks away from the gym, maybe a month, and then um, came back in and we just sort of started training. That's when she taught herself how to swim and do all that stuff that I was talking about earlier. And then um, then she, um, we just trained her up and then she went and fought, um, down on Asylum, you know, she had a fight with um, Rashawn Harris. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. They had, a, they had a pretty good banger down there, and, and she won that. And then she just, there was no stopping her after that, and she just took off. She had, I think she had that fight, and then she had another fight, and she just absolutely smashed this girl and, um, like, really gave her a hiding. And um, and then she fought Fee again, and it was just a like a five round war between them. It was just a cool fight, but she just found her groove and, and um, 
you know, like, and in that fight there, like, she was crying. And, like, in the fourth round, she had tears coming out of her eyes. And she came in the corner. I was like, fucking hell, what's wrong with you? She goes, I'm just having so much fun. And that's what she's like, you know, like, she, <laughs> you know, like, and, and this is the only thing, only way I just noticed it this year that I can figure it out. And that is because I've always, I've never, never been able to figure out why Caitlin fights because she's, She's just such a lovely person, you know. She's so really good with everything, but I just can never figure out. Like everybody else, I'm, I, you know, you see if I like, yeah, okay, man, he's had a hard time in his life. He wants to fight. Well, she's had this, that, and she wants to fight. You know, or well, they're just naturally talented sports people that want to go for it. But I could never figure it out with Caitlin. But then because she just gets so excited, like she's out the back and you know, walkout song comes on, she's just dancing and carrying on. It's fucking hectic, man. And um, but I think it's that whole, you know, because fear and um excitement yeah have the same reaction in your brain yeah, yeah you yeah. know so the feeling of being scared and the feeling of being excitement is the same chemical thing in your brain you know and i think that some people like her they don't have that fear they no. so they, they're always excited so anything that gets to get them towards that goal like training is exciting for them, you know, like they yeah. just love that challenge. Like they're like, you know, and, and again, talk about Caitlin, you know, like Caitlin went in and, and she always, she always wants to push herself against the best. You know, she fought baby Nansen when no one wanted to fight her. And then, you know, she went in and fought melody and, you know, like she's had some hard roads and then she's been banged up and cut and done whatever. And then you know, she dislocated her elbow when she fought melody in that fight. And, she started out really, really good. Like it was a good fight, but fuck, man. On the Monday, she turns up at the gym and she's fucking holding one pad and she's working herself with her arm in this massive cast, <laughs> you know. And like she was gutted because she obviously wasn't going to be able to fight the eight woman, which was Vendetta that she had sort of built for built for her. And um, but she's just she's just so focused, and I think that's the that's the mindset thing. Eh? And my observation is just stay focused and just fucking have a good time. <laughs> Yeah, man, I yeah. yeah. Um that went a long way down the rabbit hole, but anyway, just, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to give a good good answer, eh? So no, fair call, mate. It's bloody good. Yeah, without being a ever been a like a Muay Thai champion or anything myself. I've you know, I've won Taekwondo stuff and, and stuff like that, but it's not the same as what these guys are going through at the moment. Some of these champions at the moment have just got unbelievable. You know, look at Tony Jaggard, man, look at the drive that guy's got like, yeah, he's, he's got the confidence and drive, you know. Yeah, yeah. but he does the work as well, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. And 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 those guys that have all done those ten fight, ten fight plus brackets, man. If they're at that stage, most of them are doing a really good job, eh? I think. But um, anyway, (laughs) the worst walkout song we ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is it. This is it. Do you know why this is a tricky question? Do you know why? Why's that? Because. Somebody's had this walkout song, and for whatever reason, they've really just gotten into it. I know some people probably don't; they just do it for a laugh because yeah. that's their character. But holy shit, man! Some people—I I don't want to say that there's a bad no, walkout same, song hey, because same. It, nah. Oh, I've heard a couple of bangers, man. I've heard a couple of bangers. Um, I've seen a guy walk out to Dancing Queen. Oh, that's um, that song. That was that was horrific. Um, really, yeah. 
I, I really didn't get into that. Like, I like the song. Like, I do like the song. Like, I have a bit of a boogie to it, but to walk out to, I don't think it's it's me. Um, and I've heard that um, I'm Blue song as well. You remember that? that came out? <laughs> remember that? Like that yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, when, when sort of remixes and stuff were starting to happen in the 90s or, you know, yeah. or early 2000s. That was pretty shit. But um, what about you? Um, oh, um, these are ones that I've heard. Um, Madonna's Like a Virgin. <laughs> Someone's First Fight. I thought that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's a clever um, one. Uh, the old classic, Why Can't We Be Friends. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's, I've seen that at a few, like those corporate boxing ones, eh? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Koch Clubs, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Anthony used to walk out to that all the time. And just oh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a story about a dude that actually um, really impressed me. Is I don't know what happened. Like, when I was growing up, The Gambler used to be a song that I fucking hated. And... um. Yeah. And and Copperhead Road was another one. I just can't stand them. And um, yeah. and, but they used to play everywhere, or everywhere you'd go. And then when I moved to Timaru, um, all of a sudden there was fucking Wagon Wheel came out, and um, <laughs> and it was like the Timaru national anthem. I'd never heard it before in my life. And there was bands playing it and cover songs, and the Timaru people were just going fucking berserk about it. And I was like, this is a fucking awful song. <laughs> and um, you know, like. I just fucking can't stand it. And then um, Yoshi Matsuda fought on Vendetta. We fought yeah. on the show and he fucking walked out to it. And I was like, this guy must be a fucking maniac. And since then, since he did it, because then he did it on, on Vendetta. I think he did it when he fought Cody Huffman uh, for the yeah. AMTA title. And I don't hate the song anymore because of him. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't. Oh. I don't listen to it, but if I hear it, it always reminds me of him. And and, and Yoshi's such a fucking. Oh, Yoshi's a cool. He's dude. a he's a cool, cool dude, man. He's an awesome coach, and um, he's a fucking hell of a scrapper, man. Like, yeah, his first fight, I think he 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 was in a um tag team match. It was him, him and Dominic Reed, I think, against um two boys, and fuck, it was a hell of a scrap. And that was like his one of his first fights. He's. He's a, he's a cool fighter. I, I believe that they might be trying to find him some fights too. It'd be, it'd be so good to see Yoshi because um, oh, they find him back again. Yeah, back. I, I would, yeah, I've heard a couple of things that maybe there could be an opportunity for him. So, um, which is cool because he's so good. How good is that? Yeah, but anyway, that that's yeah. that's that's got off the whole off the whole walkout song. <laughs> What's your favorite walkout song that you've seen? You ever remember someone's walkout that was just awesome? Uh, God, what was it? I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it may have been 10 guitars. And the reason why it was fantastic, the person started walking out, waiting for about a minute. And then as I walked out, the whole crowd, this is a person from like our gym, but the whole crowd started, everyone started singing the whole song. It was wonderful. So it was just the most loveliest vibe. Yeah, that's actually love, cool, um, man. Poirier, when um, Kai Kata France comes out to that, that's fantastic, you know. I think even more so in New Zealand where people know the song, they'll start singing along to it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, awesome, eh? Hey? Um, a cultural anthem from New Zealand. Yeah. Really well in New Zealand, you know. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Actually, um, Tish, my partner, her her, um, her, her mum and her grandma and that all, all sung in that, eh? They were all, they were all, um, 
They're all in it. That's a pretty cool song. Eh? It bangs along at the gym. Hell so, yeah. The coolest one I've ever seen, man, or the one that I remember the most was um, was down in the um, where Hammerhead um, used to do their shows at the um, – there's a big kind of – it's like a stadium. I can't remember the name of it at the moment. Before they moved out to um, the arena that they're in now. Uh, the yeah. Caledonian, that's what it's called, the Caledonian Hall. And um, – it was Chase Haley was fighting, and I think he was fighting K one. I wouldn't, I can't remember who he was fighting, but um, he came out to the theme of Once Were Warriors, and yes, um, that is phenomenal. It was fucking banger because I walked out to that a couple of times. It's a fucking cool song, and it, and um, but when Chase came out, um, there was a whole whole like mouldy crowd there, and they ordered this massive hucker when he was walking out as well, as well as that plane. Oh man, and um. Oh. It was probably the – I couldn't even tell you who won the fight, but that was probably one of the most memorable walkouts I can ever remember seeing in any of the Muay Thai I've seen. Fuck, it was cool. It was like the coolest walkout. That, and, that, um, that would win everything, you know? Oh, in the crowd, does your walkout? Yeah. Fuck, yeah. It's, um, that, was, that was really, really cool. I thought that was one of the coolest moments I've seen in, in sport. Like, I, There's a lot of huckers and stuff get done, and, and they're just such an amazing thing. Um, but this one, I think – it, it was a big one, uh, came out. I'd used it, and that's why we actually um, play it at the start of Vendetta when we're introducing the fighters all the time. It's like my favourite song ever. Um, so we play that when we introduce everybody, and that's why. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that one. But um, i got one more question for you. You know. How to approach transitioning from Muay Thai kickboxing to MMA, both training and competing sides? Um. So I suppose the first question is if you're doing one or both. So mm. some people slide back and forth and then yep. use uh, two approaches. So if you slide back and forth, you can speak two languages. You can speak Muay yeah. Thai or MMA. So you could have yeah. styles for both. Yeah. Most people tend to, when they do that, they just have an MMA stance and they yeah. simply f- um, fight MMA striking for Muay Thai. Yeah. You know, which can definitely work, it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Because you know, normally an MMA the stance is a little bit longer and a little bit lower. So yeah. You're more open to leg kicks. Yeah. Um, and Muay Thai. However, in MMA, often you would take the leg kick and catch it and then dump them. So the game yeah. changes again. So yeah. I suppose the main thing is you, you want to learn out if you want to speak one language or two. Yeah. That's assuming you're going back and forth. If you're transitioning, then the main thing is to adjust your stance. And yeah, main plan around that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I I know fuck all about MMA. Like that's not not much that I know about. Like I love to watch it and stuff like that. But I um yeah, I know yeah. fuck all about it. Um, I I have only ever had uh, a couple of guys come from MMA into the gym. Um, yeah. and again, it was one of those things like um. They could fucking kick pretty hard, pretty low. They would kick you a bit more in the calf muscle than sort of anywhere. They, they were going yeah. to work into that, but they were easy to hit the, hit, take the front leg at just because they were a little bit too side on. And but sometimes they it was hard to get them to transition from having all the weight on the front leg to taking a little bit of weight off the front leg, you know, so they could check properly. Um, yeah. But other than that, I just squared them up a little bit, and um, everything else was. Not too bad, you know. Um, mind you, they'd already done a bit of kickboxing and tie and stuff, obviously, already with their training. So, um, just worked with their guard a little bit and then, um, 
sort of tried to take some of the wrestling stuff away from from that and transition it into a, like a higher up with the clinch. Um, yeah. You know, because they are good at shooting in and they are good. I found them they are pretty easy to get into a clinch um, because they're sort of they sort of used to being able to control arms and stuff like that. Not too bad. So they've they've got a good twitch in that. I think for the sweeps. Um, but yeah. but yeah, man, I think. I think it's the thing, eh? If, I guess if you're getting into MMA and you're coming from Muay Thai, then you've got a or kickboxing or boxing or wrestling or whatever your main code is. Um, but I think mainly from Muay Thai, then you're gonna your striking's probably going to be a, a pretty good advantage. Um, you know, like we've all seen. Um, well, like Izzy when one of his fights, he went in. I saw a, he took someone into a Thai clinch. You know, standing. And yeah. just whip them from there, you know, and it's something that you don't really see a lot of in the UFC, you know, like you see a lot of takedowns. Yeah, normally it can get you sweeps. into trouble with takedowns. Yeah. So yeah. Hard, you know? I mean, I, I think that you've got a lot of the skills, but to me, the game is, is different. So you yeah. change your approach and change yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. A, a lot of people I've, I've found, um, if they do MMA and then they say do a Muay Thai fight, especially mm-hmm. with multi rules in the clinch they're often busy trying to change levels to to take yeah. down a struggle with the knees which is absolutely fine but it means it flips the other way yeah when a clinching knees someone yeah you need to grab your leg you know take it down yeah that's right control or mount and then all of a sudden you can be in a slightly precarious situation mm, there, yeah yeah it is fucking cool though like i do like watching i do like watching um it's sort of a, it's a bit hard case when you're watching like a an amateur MMA fight where the guy's had two or three kickboxing fights or whatever like that, you know, because once he hits the ground, he's he's sort of he can struggle, you know, when someone that's might have had the same amount of time doing jujitsu or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I fucking really like when MMA guys come over and start to fight in kickboxing and that as well because they it's when you see a lot more jumping knees and shit, you know, just unorthodox shit. And, and, and you'll also see them, I think, um, stand and bang pretty hard as well, you know, because they used to being smacked around with those little wee gloves and all of a sudden you put a set of 10 ounce gloves on it feels like to us probably going from tens to sixteens, you know? (laughs) Um, and so, you know, if you, if you get a good MMA guy in a tie fight, that's got a fucking real solid jaw, man, it can be a fucking, it can be a pretty fucking handful. The only one thing that I fucking can't stand, and um, and that's that fucking upwards flicky kick that everybody seems to be doing at the moment. You know that uh, it sort of comes yeah. up off the front leg, off the back leg. It's like flick, flicking your toes, like the top of your toes up at their chin kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I see no. I don't know what the go is with that. I guess if you get it under the chin, it's going to hurt. But mm. it's something that's come over from MMA and it's transitioning into some like especially amateur level. Um, Tie fights, and um, yeah, yeah. I suppose I, the logic generally with that is it makes it hard for something to do a takedown, so it's more of a threat. Yeah, make your um, opponent less likely to try to do a takedown because yeah. it will be chunked. So yeah. it's more of a um, uh, something to stop your opponent doing that. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I really like. I like seeing people transition back and forth. Um, yeah. I, do you think no? If the question was moving permanently, then I think you just got to learn the new game. You've got certain weapons, yeah, you just got to start, yeah. but you've got to um, just understand the game's played a little bit differently, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess watch what the good guys are doing, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah that's, um, everyone's different, anyway. That's um, 
that's all our questions. That's two of what was going to take a week and a half hour session has now taken 47 minutes. And, um, <laughs> but I'm sure we've got some answers out. And, um, but fuck, man, just before we go, I just want to have a bit of a shout out for Art of War last Friday night. How fuck, good was that show? Fuck, it was awesome, man. That was talk about of... fights. We've got to talk about some of those fights. What's oh, your favorite? Fucking my favorite fight. Actually, my favorite fight and, um, my favourite fight was um, the girl Summer versus the girl from Smack. That was yeah, my favourite fight. That fight was fucking cool, man. Like those two went at it. Like they were both fucking. They were awesome, man. And you're know, like, because you know, like I didn't know much about Outlaw Jim before that, but yeah. since then I've looked them up, man. And like Byron Poynton was also out of there. And those guys are fucking cool as fuck, man. And that girl that fought from Smack. She was a fucking she she's got a future, that girl. Um I thought she was a cool fighter, man. You can see you can see what they've been training. You can see those elements obviously of baby in that in her as well. You know, just yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. I'm gonna yeah. rip your fucking head off kind of attitude. Um yeah. which is fucking cool to see coming through. That that's that's I love it when you see fighters coming through that are just molded like their coaches, you know what I mean? Like they just really you can see that it's all there. Um, and I thought that was a cool fight. And I thought Summer fought fucking awesome too. She, um, because she fought and won the week before on Queen of Mean. Um, oh, man, then, she doubled up. Yeah, she fought on Queen of Mean the week before, and then she had to cut three kilos. And I think, um, she was having a bit of a hard time with that because it was, um, obviously with her cycle and stuff like that. She had a couple of things, but she came in a kilo underweight, and um, and nice. she fucking give it to her as well. You know, like she, she's a fucking hard fighter. She's um. I think she's three and zero now. I don't think she's lost. So you know that's that's cool to see. Um, awesome. but, I loved, uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say I loved uh, Daniel um, Ruwanga from uh, Strike Force. Oh, fuck, he's, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, but I tell you what, his opponent Zed was phenomenal as well. That was one of my favourite fights of the night. I thought that. Yeah, fight... I think that actually got voted fight of the night too, didn't oh, it? Did it? Yeah, I haven't quite caught up with that yet. I think the CSM one did. I think. Yeah. Um, I think they got fight of the night. Um, the knockout of the night, which was that, well, it looked originally looked like it was that um, Tomahawk elbow. That was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, because the elbow actually didn't, I don't think the elbow actually made any contact in the replay, but yeah. the, the punch that came after it was like lights out. Um, I think that got, I think thought that got knocked out of the night. It was a fucking cool knockout. What were those um, names of those guys again? Oh, no, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember at the moment. Um, but it was fucking cool. Um, but then those two main fights, man, like um, Ali and Gene Elborn, that was... Oh, Ali was amazing. Eh? That, I've never seen such uh, such beautiful control. I haven't seen such beautiful control in such a long time. It was wonderful. Oh, the, the whole fight, I just thought that we, we were a bit spoiled, actually. It was fucking... Yeah. It was a fight that I thought was going to go like, um, just be like really nice to watch, you know. Like, Gene hasn't fought for a while that I'm aware of, but he just looked fucking. I thought he looked really nice. I thought he was moving really well. He was doing some cool shit. Um, and Ali was just, he was just doing so good. He was doing so good with those sweeps, and they had some good exchanges. It was yeah, a just complete cool control. Fight. Like, was it five, yeah. five throws in round five? It was so round three rather. That was yeah. was complete. Yeah, the, that's a big one, eh? It was um, it was cool. I thought it was a great fight, man. I thought it was, I thought we were a bit spoilt with that fight. It was um, 
just really nice tie. You know, it just looked, I thought, I thought outside of Thailand and that, you know, and some of those big shows in Aussie and stuff like that, like I thought it was a really good looking tie fight. I thought it was cool. Oh, agreed. The only thing yeah. I wish was five rounds just to see more of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it was cool. And then obviously Terence and Byron, um, the K1 fight, that was fucking, that was a pretty good fight, man. <laughs> Oh, that was that was kind of nice. I mean, the whole card, like, is always played as a, a yeah. stellar job. You know, I, mean, I yeah. thought the um the Jamie Hunt to Huya fight was amazing. I love to Huya. I've never seen anyone so happy in all my life to fight. Yeah, it was cool, eh? Yeah, she was having a good time, and that was a fucking that was a great fight, eh? Hey, Jamie, man, she's fucking she's done some big things in her life, eh? And um, she, I think she's done. Yeah, she's cool, man. I, I I really hope that she goes well. And that Tahuya, man, she she's just a hard case, eh? She's just loving it. She's awesome, eh? Yeah, that was a that was a that was a that was a great fight there. That was cool. It was actually they were all pretty fucking good, man, eh? They were all pretty good fights. Totally, mate. Totally. Well, is there anything else coming up this weekend? Um, no. No, I don't think there is. I think we've got a. Oh no, isn't there some boxing on this weekend? Um, I saw a thing on CBS. There's boxing on okay. up in Auckland. Um, I forget the name of the show, but um, there's definitely boxing. I might be at ABA. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, I think Michelle Preston's fighting on that against an Aussie. Oh, is that right? That'd be cool because um, Michelle's a fucking cool fighter. She wouldn't yeah. have had a fight for a while either, has she? Uh, she fought recently actually in boxing. She's making a boxing comeback, so it's awesome. Oh, wicked! That'd be cool, man. She's a fucking really exciting fighter. That'd be cool. Totally. Right, I mean, time and to get out of here. We've got some big stuff coming up, man. Um, next week we're gonna have the man who's running Apex, Greg Nesbitt's going to be catching up with us. So getting so we're going to be discussing Apex next week. Oh, bloody and, fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward to that, quite frankly. So if you've got any questions for Greg, yeah. Apex. Apex is probably the premier Muay Thai league um, show series in New Zealand. Yeah, 100%. Um, Apex is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I know that there's tickets for sale at the moment, but I think they're pretty fucking limited teams. So, um, it's going to be out at their gym. So if you can get a hold of Greg and get those tickets, you want to get after it. Um, CSN are going to be streaming it as well, I believe. So it's going to be going to be fucking cool, man. It's going to be cool. Yeah. How yeah. fucking cool were those dudes the other day on? How cool were those dudes on that um, CSN podcast last week, man? They were awesome, mate. Eh? Oh, Kyle was on fire, man. He was just. Killing it, him and Isaac just worked really well together. Eh? Oh, cool. That was good, mate. That show was, yeah, that's one of the most enjoyable shows I've seen. Aggie, actually, yeah, it was the cool. whole, whole fight card was absolutely top notch, yeah, man. It was, hey, man, I keep rambling yeah. on, gotta get out of here. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, yeah, cheers, mate. See ya, cheers, bro. Bye, fighting talk and Z. Fighting Talk NZ.